You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm RJ live in Las Vegas, live on a Monday. We call it the aftermath. What an action. Whew. Live on. So much action. 225 FSR stations across this great nation. Usually we have two hours of show to stick into this one hour. We got two hours and 42 minutes of show. And we got Steve Fezzik. <laughs> That's an estimate. Sports betters listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. Now, we're the pros. How'd you do with your seven pigs, Fez? Five one-on-one. He's a Joe in Los Angeles, Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, a week two of the Fezzik tear on his p- uh, seven picks a week we can get into. We've also got World Series games, a busy weekend in the NFL, and Monday night football. But what is the Vegas lead here on this Monday? Yeah, before the hour's up, at the end of the hour, we'll do a full Monday night football preview i think we got to start i'm gonna let you have dealer's choice jonas because i'm torn between do we start with it's kind of like a bad news good news right do we start with tampa bay which i'm a good news kind of guy or do we start with the cowboys i'm gonna let you decide well since it happened in your backyard let's start with tampa bay as the buccaneers went into las vegas and they put one on the las vegas raiders 45 to 20 was the final tom brady four touchdown passes in that game first thing fez i would say is this four out of five linemen played for the raiders But there was a major disruption of the entire team. In general, if you set aside Tennessee, and we've talked about the Tennessee game when they played Buffalo, they had a lot of disruption, but there was a sneaky, really difficult situation for the Bills in that game. So relatively, the case could even be made that the COVID effect was actually net-net a positive for Tennessee. Forget if they practiced or not. But except for that game... Has there been any other game that the COVID factor hasn't affected the team more than we thought? Meaning, if all you did was say, I'm betting against the team COVID is affecting the most in a game when it's a major factor, wouldn't you be, except for the ambiguity of that Tennessee-Buffalo game, I can't think of another winner against a spread that's had COVID problems. You know, I can't as well. And the Raiders, I don't know if we can blame it on the COVID, though, because it was really the defense of the Raiders that just got absolutely shredded. Well, listen, I'm not saying you blame it on the COVID. Mm. All right? What I'm saying is that there's a lot of factors in an NFL game. These teams, you know, Al Pacino said it's a, it's a game of inches. All right? And if you are, what, 10%? 
out of kilter. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe it's some players are um, distracted. Maybe some other players, and we're going to talk about the Patriots. I mean, do we really know what asymptomatic means? And is Cam looks like a different person. He looks like he's aged five years and five weeks. Now, is that co- – I don't know. I don't know. But, boy, when I see something that uh, – I think most people would agree the NFL teams are massively precise. That, yes. That, that precision is the key. How can all the uncertainty, how can all the disruption be anything but a major problem? Uh, it, it conspires against precision. And it seems to me that when you think about, um, oh, we don't want to sign Tim Tebow because the press conferences are going to be too big for maybe a backup quarterback. And Kaepernick, same kind of thing. Cam as a celebrity backup. What kind of disruption was potentially Kaepernick in game three, game four, compared to a COVID situation like the Raiders went through? Seems to me that COVID's a lot bigger, but NFL teams were literally uh, deciding against Kaepernick. Now, we can debate how good of a quarterback he was at that point and all that stuff. If it wasn't a distraction, he was at least a backup quarterback the year. I mean, what what was it, two years before he was in the Super Bowl? Yes. So, teams, we might say, oh, the NFL teams, they don't know what wins. Well, guess what? They're the ones that know what wins. And what we've seen is this disruption makes it not impossible, but boy, it's hard to cover a spread. I mean, how do we debate that? Yeah, and some results that just teams, like you mentioned with Cam, absolutely, he's trying so hard, and something's just not right with trying him. Trying so hard? How can you tell that? Well, What are you talking about? Well, so like You're looking at his face, and when he squints, you're thinking, hey, he's really trying? Well, sometimes when you see a... a Bad performance. You're like, ah, is he giving 100? percent And Cam looks like, if anything, he's he's given 110 percent running the ball a lot. There's, there's, and, N- there's NFL situations that you look at the players thinking they're playing poorly because they're not trying. Well, Cam isn't going out of bounds. He's trying to get every yard when he runs the ball, etc. On each and every play. That's not R.J. Bell. That's Steve Fezzik. <laughs> Jonas Knox is in Los Angeles. Jonas, what's your sense of the COVID reality? It's. I think it's maybe a little something to do with the change in scheduling, most notably between Buffalo and New England, because they were the teams that really got affected by it to where New England had a game, a road game, uh, to where they had to go to Kansas City, but it was in an odd time and it was moved around a little bit. Buffalo had their game against Tennessee that was all of a sudden on a Tuesday, and we talked about it. Buffalo almost didn't know who they were going to play up until very close before the game, and I would argue that Buffalo and New England, since that point have been too it have not been anywhere close to what they were the first three four weeks of the season yeah that that brings up another point which is what are the lingering effects of the distractions because i cannot for the life of me explain the new england result so uh, the betting market was significant on new england uh, I mean, the closing line was what? What did you see at, at post, Fez? Threes. Threes. I mean, that is a significant move against the Super Bowl runner-up uh, off maybe their best game of the year, and you're laying three when home field advantage is one and a half. Yes. Entering that game, the betting market, millions and millions of dollars 
extra tens of millions, hundreds of millions, literally, on New England to bring that line up to three to say, oh, it's, we are willing to bet millions that the Patriots are clearly better than the 49ers. And they were clearly not even in the same universe. Because this wasn't, oh, Cam, he was trying really hard, perhaps, but he played horribly. But you know what? Who didn't? Who played well on the Patriots? The defense didn't play well. So, to me, as we look at the circle of all this, on one hand, how do you explain the Raiders? Which wasn't a horrible game. Maybe it was more about Tampa Bay. But I think this circle is starting to close a little bit. And in that circle, COVID is a – if you're in that circle and people are sneezing, let me tell you something. It's not good for those teams. It's not good against the spread. And we'll do a study for tomorrow. Which games were moved? Which games had mispractice? You know, we'll be objective about it. No subjectivity. What teams were tangibly affected by COVID – and amongst opponents, who was affected more? And how did they do against the spread? And I'm going right now from recollection, I can't think of a situation in which COVID hasn't hurt the team more than the betting market adjusted for the effect. That's the definition of an effect not being accounted for significantly. And finally, on the COVID case or element, Jonas makes a great point. It might not just be that one week, right? Buffalo, now again, we can't say that's the only problem. Buffalo lost to Tennessee, and then they lose pretty handily to Kansas City. I don't know, right? New England lost as a, you know, 10-point, became a 7-point dog because there was so much Denver money. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, they lose the next week too. So we're starting to see not only, we'll look at that in the study, the week of the game, but how about the week after? Because like... Fez, when you only get, let's say, eight or nine hours of sleep, you like to sleep 10 or 11, right? And if you only get eight or nine for a couple nights in a row, it starts to, they call it a sleep deficit. Now, usually it's someone like sleeping four hours, but still, I got a feeling that these NFL teams, especially in a year when they didn't have a lot of preseason time, no preseason games, limited time, I have a feeling that they're behind anyway. When you look at a team like the Saints, and you can say, oh, the Saints, they didn't even cover. With their number one receiver out, the number two receiver out, and having a new arm quarterback, I say, I think there's some apologies due to Drew Brees because all he does is win. And it strikes me that whoever has started slow historically, the Saints is one of those teams, Patriots, that they use September as an extended preseason. It strikes me that those teams are starting even slower. And mm. if you throw in a COVID scare or a COVID, you know, effect, it seems like they're even more behind. And how much of that is the New England situation? I don't know. But to finish up with Tampa Bay, at least the current Tampa Bay team, Jonas, I look at the Super Bowl odds and they got Kansas City. We talked about it in the headlines. One, Baltimore two, which I kind of disagree with. I think Tampa Bay should be two. And I forget AB. I'm so impressed with this team. I mean, really, who's the teams that on a given day they could have the best offense in the NFL and on a given day, maybe not the same day, 
It could be. They could have the best defense in the NFL. I, I, I think, think Pitts, Pittsburgh maybe, but Tampa's the only other team. What do you think, Jonas? No, I was just going to say, sorry to cut you off, I, I think uh, Pittsburgh is the AFC comp to Tampa Bay to where you could see that offense put up 30 or 40 and you could see that defense shut anybody down in the league. The defense for Tampa Bay doesn't get enough love. They were number one against the run a year ago. They were really starting to come on the back end of the season. They get after the quarterback. I think Pittsburgh and Tampa are really, really similar when I watch both of them. And as a Steelers fan, I want to think that. But I think to some degree, and I don't want to feel uh, Steel Fezzik's phrase here, but the offense, a little fugazi, perhaps, a little fraudulent, the Steelers. And, you know, we'll break it down statistically tomorrow. But if you look at strength of schedule entering this week, Pittsburgh needed to be adjusted based on Football Outsiders adjustments, 17%. So whatever points they scored, got adjusted by 17%. Now, that's their estimate. But people often will do, well, you know, they got a bad strength of schedule. Uh, you know, I'll, uh, I think they should be favored by four. Maybe I'll make it three and a half. It's like those kind of back-of-the-napkin adjustments on strength of schedule, especially early in the year, are very much usually under-representative of the adjustment that really needs to be made. And you might say, wait a minute, they're the only undefeated team. The Steelers have not been undefeated since 1978. Yeah, okay. Except who have they beat? Oh, Tennessee. Well, I think we're going to see in hindsight... Fez, where do you got Tennessee right now in your rankings? Number 13. So, like, a smidge better than average. Yes, so if your big win, when the guy has to miss a 47-yard field goal not to go into overtime, now give the Steelers credit, they were minus three in turnovers, which to overcome that takes a lot. I'm not saying Pittsburgh isn't the seventh, eighth best team. I just think, and we'll see it this week, what's the early line on that Baltimore game, Fez? Me, against the Steelers. Let me go and look. I think it was five. Let me check it. Yeah, it's so down to four now. It's down to four. Yep. So think about this. Pittsburgh, who maybe is the best team, Greeny on Get Up Today was trying to make that case all show, except with home field of one and a half, the Steelers are four-point underdogs against Baltimore. I don't think the betting market has a lot of data which team is better. So, Jones, I agree with you. Pittsburgh, in their best form, is that Tampa Bay? But I think there's some wishing with Pittsburgh. I think Tampa Bay, we're seeing it on the field. When we come back, what effect will Antonio Brown have on Tampa Bay? Not Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay. I believe, this is me, that with AB, Tampa Bay is at least, at worst, the second best team in the NFL. I'll explain. That's coming up next, but first straight out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has the free services you need to help you get back on the road, like the free AutoZone Fix Finder service with over 5,600 locations nationwide. AutoZone is here to help you save time and money with their free services. Getting the job done just got easier. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone, he's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. 
I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will continue to take a look around a busy Sunday in the NFL. A.B., how much is he worth? How good is Tampa? Great day to join us. And we got, I've got probably the quirkiest trend, the WTF, how could that be? The Detroit Lions have done something good, good, that no team has done in 30-plus years. Now, that is a, what could that be? Unbelievable. This is the fastest-growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support, and we'll keep working extra hard to make this the best football season. Yeah, you can listen on 225 FSR stations, coast-to-coast, right here in Las Vegas on the Strip. It's getting chilly, Jonas. 61 degrees. The neon is... Hmm. Hmm. What is the neon doing, Fez? I usually have an inspiration. It's chilling. It's not chilling. <laughs> so, RJ, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 5-2 and two in first place in the NFC South following their win over the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday. And then it was just a couple of days before that that it was announced Antonio Brown will soon be joining the mix as he is signing a one-year deal with Tampa. So, Fez, let's play devil's advocate. So the concept is that we're going to be... Um, honest, forthright, candid, but we're going to try almost like an attorney to make the case. We're not going to lie, because what's the point? That Tampa isn't good. That Tampa isn't elite. Because it was just eight or nine days ago, and I'll take culpability here. I thought, we got an old quarterback, and we got a permissive coach. A coach that likes mm. to drink beer at 515. And I saw a lot of sloppiness in that Chicago game. Thursday night, Tampa against Chicago. They lost. The Bears, who play tonight, who are being disrespected tonight, almost a touchdown underdog. And we'll have the free picks and preview on that at the end of the hour. That team beat Tampa Bay. I didn't think much of them. And then you came in and said... I heard from the Sharps. I've got the call from Vito. Tampa it is. <laughs> it's like, huh, what's your handicap? Don't got one. <laughs> and it's like, boom. They dominate Green Bay. I'll tell you this. The more I dig into Green Bay's numbers, the more I think Green Bay might be the third or fourth best team, fourth or fifth best team. Like A lot of people think, oh, they're probably what they were last year. No. If you look at I mean... Again, strength of schedule is always a consideration. But you look at Green Bay's plus 38 points on the year. Uh, You look at their, there's a concept called expected points, which takes the stats and say, well, what do the stats tell us? Yeah, they're they're one of the best teams there. Only minus one point a game, or they might have overperformed by one point a game. That's it. And they performed shockingly well. You look at the first down percentages. I mean, all the way out. Yards per play, Green Bay. And this team got dominated, the Packers, by Tampa. 
Make your case. Tampa's, uh, you know, top five, you know, top six maybe, but not really in it for the Super Bowl. Can you even make that case? I can't anymore, and here's why. The two knocks I had Did on Tampa. Did Vito tell you? The two knocks, apparently so, that Vito knew that the knock on Tampa, undisciplined with an old quarterback. Well, look at this discipline. Here's a Tampa team that... Last year, led the league in penalties. Last two games, no penalties and four penalties. So, a completely clean game. No turnovers the last two games as well. And they were obviously plagued with turnovers last year. And that old quarterback, he just put up his two best games of the year back-to-back. And he's throwing downfield effectively, dropping the ball into the bucket. So, compared to last year, and a lot of people were saying, look at New England, look at Tampa, we see who's winning I don't know about that, but what I know is you say his best two games of the year. Could it maybe be his best two games of the last two years? Yes. I mean, I think right there, Jonas, I test fan, Brady looks maybe as spry as any time in the last two years. Yeah, this is the best he's looked in the last couple of years. I mean, if you think about... His, his when he won the Super Bowl through England the final time when they beat the Rams with the six it, what was that six it, points it was it was thirteen three they won <laughs> I think I think was the final score but in that game obviously Brady wasn't great if you go to the AFC Championship game you can argue if if they would have not ruled an offside penalty on Kansas City that Brady interception would have actually done New England in so he didn't look all that great then so when you factor that being the last time we've seen him uh, in a big time spot late into the postseason all the way to this year this is far and away the best he's looked since I think maybe that second to, or third to last year in New England when they lost the Super Bowl to Philadelphia I think Brady yeah, and, and he was as, a monster that yeah, year yeah and, and he was awesome so to me I think it's time to give Tom Brady even more credit amazingly Mackenzie and Research, pop up those MVP odds. It's an interesting conversation. I mean, if Brady, if they had the MVP vote today, I mean, Russell probably still wins. But I got to wonder if this season progresses the same way as the, this sounds kind of contradictory, but I think narratives can burn themselves out. You get sick. It's almost like how Heisman winners Mm. these days. We have so many media cycles so quick. We get tired of a story after 10 days. I think let Russell eat, cook, whatever. I think people are going to get tired of that, especially after what we saw yesterday, not last night, not a great performance. I wonder if this thing continued. Brady gets the top seed in the West somehow, let's say. Very possible. Very possible. Doesn't he? Isn't he? Isn't this like a lifetime achievement award? And Brady right now twelve to one. There's three quarterbacks better. Fez, run them down. Yeah. So Russell Wilson, the big favorite, plus a dollar ten. Do you ever listen to Casey Kasem? Yeah, sure. Like, what, what, like when's the last time like you listened to like a top forty countdown? Twenty years ago. Now, do they usually go from number one to number forty? <laughs> no, no. But but anyway, number one, the favorite, Russell Wilson. You know what the nation's wondering? Who's number two? It's a tie between Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, both plus four fifty. Why? You, you know what you could have done is if you knew the winner, you could have started there. <laughs> 
What do you think of my theory, Jonas? You understand the media. You're part of the media. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think there's something to it. I also, and we may look back on this and think, you know, at the time it was just them moving a game around so they could have a primetime game and make sure Sunday night football wasn't in jeopardy. But when they moved Seattle and Arizona to, to primetime, when Russell Wilson had his worst game of the season, possibly his worst game in the last two seasons, it was on primetime with everybody watching. And I just wonder if, based on that, there is value in Tom Brady seeing how they're starting to roll, adding Antonio Brown, and seeming like, with that defense, I think Brady's a legit candidate. I also would put Ben Roethlisberger in the conversation as well, too. Ooh, I tell you this. I think Ben... The Steelers, you think about it, and three interceptions. I don't, yesterday, I don't think Ben understands his limitations yet. You know, you, <laughs> you are uh, a, a fight guy, right? You enjoy, yeah. love UFC. Now, are you, you like boxing, right? Oh, I love boxing. Yeah. yeah. And the UFC. So, yeah. No, heavy, no fighter ever knows he's done until he gets knocked out or until yeah. Ali against home. It's like, because you've been, think about it. You've been doubted your entire life, at least doubted to be how great you turned out to be. No one, when they're 18, maybe LeBron, do they think that guy's going to be the best in the world at that thing? There's no way to know that. So even a Tiger Woods who had, you know, was a prodigy, he felt like, he feels like I can beat the odds. The odds don't apply to me. And... Big Ben, odds don't apply to me. And there was a throw in that game late in the game. Um, a couple film guys were talking about it. it's a Tampa 2. You can't go over the middle there. I don't know enough to know that. Yeah. And it's like Big Ben in his prize, maybe like a throw like he made to Holmes in the Super Bowl in 2008 or 2009 <laughs> and January, I guess, or February. And I think, I don't think that holds him back. I think. Ben is a really good game. Well, Ben is a erratic. He's like a game manager. I'm not saying he's drinks, but if he had mm, five beers before games, he'd be a great physical game manager that sometimes feels like, you know, I don't want to be a game manager. And then the problems start, which is what a game manager doesn't do. Now, the flip side is, Ben can make an amazing throw or an amazing comeback like game managers can. So it's almost like this erratic game manager who's sometimes going to go really low, sometimes going to go really high. I love it. A game manager that's a gunslinger. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, like a, you know, uh, uh, three drinks at lunch guy. <laughs> and I just wonder maybe the Steelers can win a Super Bowl that way. If they're lucky, I don't think he can win an MVP because he just won't be that consistent. I don't yeah, think, Jones. Yeah, no. I mean, I'm, I'm saying if you were going to throw in who's got a shot, if there was an outside shot, Roethlisberger would be one of them. I don't, I don't think Mahomes has had this spectacular oh, gosh, season. No. So, so to see him that high up is a little bit surprising for me, just based on the. I, I would, I would think right now, if you had to vote right now, Brady's the MVP over Mahomes. Oh, so you're saying if it was just those two? Just those two. I would vote Brady. So if you were voting right now, MVP, and Fez, I'm going to ask you this next. Who's your top three? I would go Russell Wilson, I'd go Aaron Rodgers, and I'd go Tom Brady. All right, so notice I said top three, and he started with one, which makes sense. 
But if I say, give me the top three in the poll, like if you were running the BCS Faz, you'd be like, all right, number one, or I guess the college football playoffs, as they call it now. Who's your three? Now, are you going to go three to one or one to three? Three to one. Yeah, do it the opposite for sure. Yeah, Jonas. <laughs> number three, Brady. Number two, Rogers. Number one, Wilson. Okay, let's say that's acceptable, and I think that's fair. Let's be candid. Rogers could irritate the world really quickly at any point, and I'm not sure how good Green Bay is. I mean, I, their stats are better than I thought when I really dug in, but let's just say this. Aaron Rodgers is erratic when it comes to his media relationships. And quite frankly, if you look at five years, you would say, you know, he hasn't been the same quarterback, but there was that three-game stretch. He looked mighty good at the beginning of 2020. I'm not sure this is the Rodgers we're going to get the rest of the year. I think there's a real chance of that, that it won't be. And then if Wilson, whatever happened last night – Let's be honest, you can't have that pressure on you. I mean, when does a quarterback who has to be Herculean seemingly every week ever won the MVP? Those guys tend to get hurt. I'm I'm not wishing that on him at all. But, boy, he's a little older, a little slower. It's that one hit when he's tired at the end of a game. If it's not Wilson and not Rodgers... You gotta wonder who would have a better chance than Brady, Jonas. And you guys pointed out last year, and you were one of the only, I think the only ones that were actually talking about this. That there's this thought that Russell Wilson is clutch because they're winning all these close games. But if you actually think about it, them winning those close games, as you guys pointed out, was really just last year and the beginning of this year. Well, now we've already seen one where it was a close game, and Russell Wilson didn't make the plays, and they didn't win that game. So it would just take a couple of more of those mm. for things to maybe even. Out as to what they really are, not just based on the past year, and then I think Brady becomes more of a threat to win it. Mm, it's a great point. I do think, though, to give Russell credit, there's there was both that no one wins even 66% of close games over the long term. It just mm-hmm. statistically doesn't happen. Yeah. But Wilson, I think, and again, prior to last year, he was three games under 500 in his career in one-score games. He was outstanding last year, good net-net so far this year. I think some of that's improvement on his part, maturity, and some of it is good luck that could reverse. After that, if Brady keeps up, I'll tell you this, if someone committed right now, Brady plays this way the rest of the year, like how he did net-net the first seven games or six games, um, I guess Tampa had what? Uh, They didn't have the bye yet, have they? They're four and two. Four and two. Okay. Yep. So, you no, know, I think they're five and two, Fez. So five I looked that up. Um, yeah, is that five and two? Yeah, five and yeah. two. Yeah. Sorry about that. All right. So, let's see how long it would take Fez to find a record. Like, it's five and two. <laughs> so, I mean, like, yeah. what, were you just going to be silent? Or you figured people might forget what you just said? <laughs> He's like, if, I, if I'm silent for about 10 seconds, they're going to be wondering about something totally different. All right. Finally, if you look at who's behind Brady, Lamar Jackson, ah, I don't see it. It's it's narrative. Kyler Murray, he's maybe the running game for Arizona, not Murray. Josh Allen, that ship has sailed. Tannehill, they're not going to win enough games in Big Ben. Brady at 12 to 1. If only we had a time machine. Just literally like five days ago, you could have got Brady at 25 to 1. 
Now he's 12 to 1. I still think there's value. I think it's a great point you make that if he play, just plays how he's played, doesn't have to get any better, he's got a really good chance to win. All right, Fez is going to check everyone's record, make sure he's got it straight. On November 6th and 7th, the world's best thoroughbreds will compete in 14 exhilarating races worth $31 million in purses and awards at the Breeders' Cup World Championships. Learn more about the Breeders' Cup World Championships at breederscup.com slash 2020. We are straight out of Vegas. I am Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He is the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. All right, last break. We have a best bet coming up on Monday Night Football. It's a prop from Fez. And what would the line be if the Jets played the Cowboys? This will shock you. That's coming up next. He's R.J. Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, RJ, the big news in the NFL before the weekend was the addition in Tampa. Antonio Brown will be a Buccaneer. So, Fez, we had a big disagreement on this not that long ago. And this was back when Tampa Bay's coach was Bruce Arians was saying, oh, he's not one of our kind of guys. Tom Brady gave him the nod and all of a sudden AB gets signed. How big do you think this is? If I recall, you said borderline inconsequential. And I still feel that way. And I'm obviously in the minority. But Tampa has three really good wide receivers now, RJ. How is AB going to really be a big addition to this team? Well, probably because he might be still the best receiver in football. You know, I would bet that Evans or... I mean, do we know? We don't know. That's a, that's a great point. Well, so there's a higher time, ceiling. Last time he was on the... Yeah, you add... I think at worst... Well, first off, there's a chance he's dropped off the face of the earth athletically. It, it happens, right? And if you think about it, he played one game last year. He looked mighty good with Brady Did. and the Patriots. Mighty good, but it's one game. And it's been another 12 months. And what is he, 32? Receivers get old. But I think you're complete. You didn't even play junior high football, did you? <laughs> no, no. Okay. I, I mean, your helmet couldn't have fit with your pompadour. I mean, it just wouldn't have happened. Jonas has, and you know what? Jonas, did you ever think about playing like D three? Could you walk in on D three football? No, I got the. Uh, I, I got a glimpse athletically at the high school level that it wasn't going to pan out for me. So I went ahead and pursued other things. <laughs> here's what. We, here's what we know about the NFL. What we know is they can always stop one person. It's who is going to be one-on-one. And with A.B. moving in the slot, and Tampa really doesn't have a great slot receiver. you got two burners, great receivers on the outside. A.B. in the slot and Gronk, like taking out a Corvette on Sunday, maybe 10 or 12 plays a year. He's going to go hard. And he's playing well. Yeah. I, and then you got Fournette as your second best back. Yeah, I finally might came be back. Like the seventh or eighth best back in the league. Looked good. AB will be as important as anything because even if he's dropped off one level and he's the ninth or tenth best receiver, my point is well, heck, this might be the three best receivers we've ever seen on a single team. Monday Night Football, Jonas. That's right. Kicking off a little over an hour from now, it is the Bears at the Rams. And right now on pregame.com, L.A. is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. 
Let's start with your best bet, Fez. So, best bet is on a prop. I'm going Goff under 244.5 pass yards. Now, Goff's averaging just over 260. So, why am I going under 244.5? It's all about the history Goff has with the Bears. Two years ago in Chicago, horrible game. Four interceptions. Goff threw for only 180. So, McVeigh last year totally said, we're going to run the ball. We're going to minimize the number of passes Goff's throws. It was effective. Goff, again, went under 180 yards. I expect more of the same tonight. Under 244.5 golf pass yards. All right, we're under a minute, Fez. Am I correct that you've got Chicago 18th? You're saying this team with one loss that just beat Tampa Bay is worse than an average NFL team? Yes. All right. I, I mean, I, I just don't even know. I'm pressing the button. I'm taking Chicago. Or oh, check that. I'm taking Chicago plus six and a half. You got the Rams. Jonas, you know what we can say about the Bears? If only they had lost a couple more games, Basic would have them 13th. Right? Because they won, he's thinking, oh, they're overrated. Yeah, maybe if they were 10th, no, no. They're 18th. You've got that's underrated Bears. Straight out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has the free services you need to help you get back on the road like their free AutoZone Fix Finder service with over 5,600 locations nationwide. AutoZone is here to help you save time and money with their free services. Getting the job done just got easier. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone, we are straight out of Vegas. Back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. 